Good morning, everyone. Friends, happy birthday. This is the birthday of the church, and the church is not a building. It is you, the people. So we celebrate our birthday, if you will. My friends, uh, does anyone know how old, then, we are as Christians? There we go. <laughs> Don't be afraid to answer. If you answer wrong, I will smile and say, you're wrong. <laughs> But here's the answer. <laughs> My friends, yep. in the eight years I've been with you, I've spoken now eight times on Pentecost, and I explained the word Pentecost. I've drawn out uh, the Jewish tradition of it. And uh, so this, as I was writing this one, I thought, what do you want me to say, Lord? I've said, I think everything. Happy birthday works for me, and then I can go sit down. <laughs> Uh, but my guardian angel is like, lazy priest, just back from vacation, and that's all you want to do. Uh, so my friends, this Pentecost is a joyful celebration of the Holy Spirit's power and presence. If you will, remember, the third person of the Trinity is He, the Holy Spirit. Not a dove, not a fire. He. And this is His weekend, so we, I'm going to speak about Him, the Holy Spirit. This feast celebrates the astonishing power, then, of the Holy Spirit. And remember, my friends, that very first, if you will, Pentecost from our perspective. They were in Jerusalem on this road, on, in the city, on this street, long ago. And it drew, the Holy Spirit, by power, drew many of the travelers who were just there traveling through. That had different languages and different cultures. And there were just simply some who were just passerbys. And they just happened to be there, if you will, at the right time. And the Holy Spirit draws all of them into the mys mysterious presence of God's power and love. And the Spirit then transformed all these people, pulled them together, and created a community of believers. But the work of the Holy Spirit did not end there. Because... The story of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church is a story of a community, a church filled and guided by the Holy Spirit up into this time and into the future. The Holy Spirit made its mark on that community from the beginning. There had been a sudden noise like a strong driving wind, the scripture said at Pentecost, followed by tongues of fire resting on each of the apostles. These images represent an effort to describe the overwhelming power of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that came upon Mary at the Assumption, at the Annunciation, and upon Jesus at his baptism, and then led Jesus into the desert. And even if we go back further, the Holy Spirit was there at the very creation of the world. We're told in Genesis, God's Spirit hovered over the earth and made it what it was. The Holy Spirit represents the power and presence of God within the community of believers, in the individual lives of its members, as we heard in our reading, and of the whole of creation. Jesus told Nicodemus, and when he was speaking of the Holy Spirit, he referred to the Holy Spirit as a wind that moves wherever it wishes, and it comes and goes and no one knows. In other words, I think Jesus was saying, the Holy Spirit, he is unpredictable, and he cannot be contained or controlled or limited by us. 
the Holy Spirit brings light and knowledge, inspiration and courage. Remember also on that uh, Easter Sunday, the apostles were locked away and they were frightened. And the Holy Spirit changes that. The Holy Spirit is powerful, but it also is a very comforting and compassionate presence for us. The Holy Spirit brings gifts of contemplation, of rest, of peace, of harmony, and of unity. The Holy Spirit pours out many different gifts on the members of the church, not for their own benefit, but for the benefit of the church here on earth. Pentecost has been called, as I be open with, the birthday of the church. However, Pentecost, I believe, is best understood as Jesus' resurrection taking place symbolically once again through the birthing of the new community, Christianity. That group of believers, and the Holy Spirit pours life into it for the very glory of the Father. The power of the resurrection shown in the rising of Jesus, the Christ from the dead, is now shown in the new life of a vibrant community of believers through the power of the Holy Spirit. But this is not the only event that happened back then. And it is not just back then. It is now. It continues to happen in this day. Every Christian community and every individual disciple is called to transformation in the Holy Spirit. And in reality, it is the presence of the Holy Spirit in power that makes the difference between a lukewarm, run-of-the-mill parish and a parish that is filled with life and vibrancy and is light for its neighbors. And I have prayed this whole time as your pastor that this parish has been that and will be that for Gig Harbor, a light, a beacon of hope and love, challenge, a place of truth, a place where they can find meaning in their lives and for life in general. The Holy Spirit then is liberating in its power when it comes to this. The disciples in today's gospel, uh, well, in one of the gospels, there's a set of them for this. We are told that they were hiding in fear from the world. They were behind locked doors. But their fears turned into courage and joy at the presence of Jesus and of his promising the Holy Spirit. And in the one account of John, he actually breathes on them, ruach. He breathes on them and gives it to them immediately. And even at the knowledge that Jesus would return to his Father, beginning a period of his physical absence as they knew it, the joy in their hearts could not be removed. Jesus' assurance to the disciples of the Holy Spirit's coming during this time of his physical absence until they would see him again, I believe, is one of the main points of Pentecost. Jesus earlier had told them, I'm leaving, I'm going to my Father, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take that from you. John 16, 22. Friends, we the disciples today are in another period of the Lord's absence also. This time is, 
It's the period from his ascension into glory until the Perusia, until he comes back again as he promised. His coming again at the end of time. In this period, the Holy Spirit is with us. He is our advocate. He is our comforter. He is our guide. He is our inspiration in the ways of the Lord, helping us to teach others about faith, about hope, about love. The Holy Spirit is with us, and powerfully so, as we move through this time in our community's life, in our personal lives, and in salvation history. As was the case with the first apostles and disciples, so it is the case now with us. This time before the Perusia is not a time of orphaning for us. We are not left alone. Nor is it a time for you and I to be in fear or despair, particularly about the unsettling times and conditions of the world societies or any personal things going on in our life, any personal weaknesses, or even any aspect of the church wounded and under siege by growing hostility and influence from the outside. The powerful Holy Spirit is our sure advocate, the witness to our mind and hearts that Christ is the way to the Father and the way in which you as disciples and I as a disciple are to live our lives on the way in which we should continue despite any hurt or challenge. The Holy Spirit is our advocate, our guide, our inspiration as we continue to state the case for Jesus of Nazareth, for Jesus the Christ, for Jesus the living Son of God, and present him to the people today, those who seek knowledge, those who seek to know the meaning of life, the people of our time who need hope, who need love, who need forgiveness. We need to speak to them about the Savior. The Holy Spirit is our comforter, our helper in coping with our trying moments and in consoling us in our times of illness and tragedy and loss. The Holy Spirit is our hope, assuring the believer that all things can be renewed in Christ, that all things will be transformed in Christ. The Holy Spirit is our guide, directing our feet in the ways of forgiveness and justice and mercy and charity and in love and in something this world needs so much of, peace and unity. The Holy Spirit is our energizer, pouring out the grace we need for our day-to-day -day living and for our particular state in life. The Holy Spirit is ever active, ever healing, and ever renewing. The Holy Spirit substitutes victorious for defeated. We should remember these sentiments at all times, and especially in the difficult times in our lives. And we should pray for the graces of the Holy Spirit, especially to have trust and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ always. The more we as church and individuals allow the Holy Spirit to direct us, the less we will be afraid. And the more will the word and grace of Jesus be anchors in our lives and shape and transform us into his very likeness, which the Father desires. And it is in this, then, that the presence of the good news 
In the beginning, remember, they call it the good news. They refer to the gospel as the good news. It is in this way, then, that the good news is to be found not so much in the pages of the Bible because the ones who need it are not looking there. But it is to be found in the very witnesses and the very lives of real and true disciples of Jesus Christ. That is the way it was in the beginning. Remember, there was no Bible as we know it. It was just them. Peter couldn't go to 1 Peter and (laughs) read anything. Paul didn't read his letters. They weren't written yet, right? So the disciples, they testified on behalf of what they knew and saw. We must do the same thing. I think I'll finally get a brownie point from St. Francis of Assisi. Finally, uh, winning a point with him because he said the same thing. Preach the gospel and when necessary, read it from the actual gospel. Leave it. You know, he said he meant live it and let them see it in you. As we celebrate then this joyful feast of Pentecost and the powerful action of the Holy Spirit in the early church and in the church now, we know that it is the same Holy Spirit, He that can turn the witness of our own lives into the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, something so needed in this world today. My friends, as you heard in the announcements, as the church continues, our parish continues to grow. We have people who have left. We have people who are coming. We are close to 1,600 families. That is close to 4,000 individual members. So as Gig Harbor grows, Uh, hopefully all the Christian churches, but certainly St. Nicholas. And as we get back to normal things, we're going to need all the ministers back in place. So I ask all of you to please pray about entering into ministry inside this house of God. As disciples, you're already supposed to be in ministry out there, and you better be. That means living your lives that is in testimony to Jesus Christ, that people know when they see you, that is a Christian. And then when you talk about Mary, that is a Catholic Christian. <laughs> That's one of the defining features. They're not Presbyterian because they talk about Mary. They're not Lutheran. They're certainly not Baptist because they have the Eucharist. They must be a Catholic. But as it, the scriptures tell us, many members, one body, many denominations, one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So my friends, I ask... Uh, Please consider helping me here in the sanctuary as one of the ministers, uh, helping the choir out. Uh, We're blessed now to have two cantors. And it was my right as pastor to name Natalie a cantor. So never forget, you are an official title in the church, cantor. Amy, you were ready that when you came, but you are that. We were blessed for many years uh, to have Beth, her husband's here. Now she's gone to heaven to sing with the choirs of angels. And now we have two here, so we need that. We need ambassadors who have smiles on their face so that when people come in grumpy, there wasn't enough parking. The ambassador says, we love you. Come in. Don't worry about that. We'll deal with that later. There's plenty of room in here. So my friends, consider uh, becoming active within the church. And we also need help with faith formation. We need volunteers for the little ones, for the teens, for RCIA. There's so much. There's only one father. (laughs) One day when we get to, I was checking, when we get to 2,000 families, I'll be able to petition for a second priest to come. But that comes with all kinds of things. The house will have to be made bigger, and (laughs) there'll be more masses, and sometimes the parochial vicars and the pastors 
and love afterwards. <laughs> so my friends, consider praying about uh, joining in the ministries here. My friends, once again, happy birthday, church. Go and celebrate. Unfortunately, no cake today, uh, but we do have hospitality up in the hall. Uh, if you'd like to join and stay in community, remember, please pray about um, entering into ministries within the church, because uh, I make the assumption you're already doing that outside the church. Um, you better be. My brothers and sisters, um, on Tuesday, I will celebrate my 14th anniversary as priest. Uh, I will be doing it privately, uh, but if you'll keep me in your prayers, um, uh, that God will give me a hundred more years. Uh, maybe we'll see, huh? Um, and to make me stronger and wiser and more faithful always uh, for you, his people.